It's beautiful. Every color is powerful. Every color is worthy. Try to bury us. They didn't realize we were seeds. They didn't realize you were seeds. They open doors so others can walk through them. Your legacy is every life you have ever touched. I'm Stella Salieri, and this is Salt the Podcast, a series of encounters with inspiring women. They're healers, activists, mothers, educators, and world changers. Together, we create community, share knowledge, amplify voices, heal, and break narratives by elevating a new generation. Welcome to Salt the Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. My guest today is Anne de Kroon. Anne is Dutch and lives in a small town near the sea because she loves surfing. She's the owner of the Keuken van Annemiek, Annemiek's Kitchens. And she's a cookbook writer, a teacher, and a big food lover. She's also in love with Job, her boyfriend, whom she will marry this year. The title of today's episode is Creating New Beginnings, and we will speak about eating disorders, faith, Anna's journey to launching her own business, the power of phone calls, and Anna's bucket list, which she has since she was 14 years old. And of course, as always, much, much more. Welcome, Anna. Thank you for being here with us today and making time to share your story with us. Well, thanks for having me. I'm really looking forward to this, uh, this time with you and the, all the listeners. Yes. So let's start with the question that I always ask. Who is Anne? Share a little bit about you with us. Um, if I have to put it shortly, I think that I grow more and more into the Anna that I'm designed to be. Uh, I think I'm more aligned with what I already want and need. And I'm trying, I'm really trying to set healthy boundaries and choosing for the things that contribute to the goals that I want to reach. Okay, thank you. And you are a huge fan of healthy eating, dreaming about life. You turned healthy eating into your profession, actually. But for me that I know you, um, I know that this has not always been the case. And on your website, you write in one of your blogs, for years, for years, really, I talked myself down a hundred times every day. All those thoughts in my head about not being good enough, struggling with an eating disorder, struggling with my self-worth, which made it struggling in non-equal relationships, struggling in friendships, struggling at work, struggling with days. I did not allow myself peace and space. I did not think I was beautiful. I constantly failed. I was hard on myself. I stayed away from parties. I was alone in my room or in my house, waiting for things to get better. I have often thought that I wanted to give up. I went deep, very deep. I left hundreds or thousands buckets full of tears. And then further you say, but I was always able to hold on very well to little sparks of hope in the midst of everything. Enjoy the little things, a warm ray of sunshine, a smile, a film with a beautiful story, children playing, a tidy house, a wonderfully clean bed, a sweet cart, a bargain, playing the piano, being creative, a good book, a nice conversation. And this list never ends. I try to fill it up to thousand things for which I'm grateful by focusing 
on that you see that there is still so much beauty, love, goodness, faithfulness, kindness, peace, and so much more. In recent years, I've read a lot of books, had coaching, listened to many sermons and beautiful teachings and podcasts, and had many beautiful conversations with friends, taken more time with God, got the truth on the table so that I can now really say, I'm loved, I'm good enough, I trade my fears for love, and I want to be a blessing to the people I meet every day. That is my truth. I've been able to do and create a lot of beautiful things through all the years of wrestling, but now I can really say that I do it from a very deep calm within myself, because it is okay, no matter what is going on. So we are starting already really deep. Can you share with us, Anna, a little bit about this time of your life? And then what happened in 2007 that actually changed everything? Well, after my studies, I became a primary school teacher. But it was at a school where a lot of perfectionists worked, a lot of women. And um, next to that, I was in a relationship that was really not good for me. And because I had no boundaries, I was a pleaser and I tried to make everybody happy. I was organizing everything in the background to let other people have a great time. But my friends and family warned me time and time again that I was blind and stubborn. And I was still hoping for a miraculous change. But that one did not come. It became even worse. And I will not get into too many details because it includes other people, of course. But it destroyed me completely. I had nothing left. And I will tell a little bit more about it later in the, in the podcast. But the one thing that I thought I control, had control over, that was food. Whether to eat or not to eat. Uh, spit it out, count my calories, uh, make schedules around it from all the diets that exist. And um, for 14 years, it almost controlled me every day. Well, I was thinking I was the one that was in control. And I really, really, really hated food. Um, it confronted me every day, multiple times, of course, because we also have to eat. Um, but there was a time that I really lost the meaning of food that is there to give life to your body and energy. And some days I only ate egg cakes. Um, sometimes I ate just a whole box of diet bars. Uh, I used shakes, crushed diets, pills while I was a student. And yeah, by doing that, I really depleted my body of all the nutrients. And it made myself numb, not wanting to be able to feel what I really needed at those moments. So the end station was a burnout, at least at, at last eight months. Uh, there I was lying in bed, not even having the energy to read a book. I also had uh, problems with my gut system. I started losing hair. I had migraines, bad skin, and a lot of other problems. Um, yeah, of course, the doctor gave me some pills and powders, but they made it even worse. So the one thing I'd left to do was look, the, look up Google for some uh, advice and a way out. Um, so I started Googling on nutrients and gut problems. And I landed on a very informative website where I felt I was reading about myself. My eyes just opened up and I, I thought, I'm, I am the person in this situation I read about. So I emailed the owner and he just started his company uh, a few months before that. 
and he was willing to start a challenge with me to get me and my body healthier within six months. So I started experimenting with green smoothies. I also had a, bad, a lot of bad experiences doing that. I started taking supplements, eating a variety of greens and fruit, and I got some coaching along the way. But the one thing that struck me most was that my boss said, you don't have a weight problem. You have a self-care problem that manifests through your way of eating and coping with food. And then I started realizing that was my problem. Uh, so I had to start working on my wrong belief system first. And step by step, I regained my energy and got rid of all my health problems. By just eating fresh food for a fresh body and stop eating all the refined sugars, gluten, additives and dairy products. So then he started asking me if I wanted to help him out um, after my own experience to help other people. Uh, his business grew very fast. And within two weeks, I had a place that is a very nice little office in Amsterdam, the big city. And he gave me an education to, to start off with. So in the years that followed, my eating disorder did not disappear all at once, unfortunately. Um, like in stressful situations or at parties where I really felt insecure. Um, yeah, I let those voices in my head still take over. It was really a fight that I wanted to win, but only when I realized that you always lose a fight against yourself, I stopped fighting and I started caring for my body, taking care, ter taking care for the, yeah, the cares that I really had, the, the needs. I needed someone to comfort me. I needed love, a friend, a cup of tea, a great book, a walk around the block, a hot shower, someone to listen to me. And that finally changed the last struggles I had about food. Well, at least I thought, because the next lesson will always show up, of course. But before, I hated food for a long time. And from then on, it started to be like a party on my plate. Every day I woke up and I was thinking about my breakfast already. And I even made it into my own business. So that's uh, the little story about the beginning of how I started to love food. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing so with us this, this journey and also about your eating disorder for me. It's a very personal topic. Um, it's something that I actually don't really talk about. But uh, since you are being very honest, <laughs> <laughs> so I had, a, I had an eating disorder, I would say, for more than 20 years. So I really? know that it's, um, it, yeah. is, it is really tough and it's something that you don't get out of from one day to the other. And it's something that stays in your body, like your body remembers. So there are moments mm. when your body remembers. So what you just said, there are moments when it would come up. And uh, yeah, and it's something that is deep. There is a lot of um, healing that needs to take place. So uh, I, I, uh, I can identify with a lot of the things that you're sharing with us. So thank you for that. Mm. And of course, we also want to, to speak up for others that are going through the same things or have gone through it. But then you said food actually became your, yeah, you started loving it. As you said, you were waking up and thinking about your breakfast and you made it into your business. And you're really an advocate when it comes to healthy food and healthy eating and um, healing your body, self-care, 
because I also had problems with my gut. And um, I'm just sharing this before we ask the next question. And the doctor actually told me that I had the Crohn disease. Mm -hmm. But then I, uh, I just didn't want to accept it. And I spoke uh, with my homeopath and he told me, you have a wound in your body and we have to heal this wound. You don't have the Crohn disease. So quickly I got off medication and I did different things to, uh, yeah, to restore my gut and a lot of other things. So that's yeah. also similar to me. Yeah. Yeah. The story that you hear the most when people have a lot of different problems, um, that you have an irritable bowel syndrome. Yeah. They put it all on a big pile. Um, but the thing is that you can repair your gut system, make it whole again, so your body can heal itself. And uh, you need good food and good supplements uh, for that. But there's still hope if you have all those problems. Absolutely. Yes. So tell us about the Kirken von Annemiek. <laughs> yes, sounds the nice when you say it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Just to translate, Annemiek's kitchen, actually. Um, I call you Anne. There's a yeah. reason for that. But your real name, let's say, is Annemiek. Yes. Um, yeah, maybe you want to say why I call you Anne. And then you tell us about your business. Well, um, my whole name... Uh, if you look up the meaning, yeah, you can describe it as a lot of tears and a sea of grace. And I love the part, the sea of grace, a lot more than all the tears that I shed in my past. I still do sometimes, but now more of joy instead of sadness and all the other things that I uh, experienced in my life. So that's why... Uh, a few people call me Anna and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So tell us about Annemiek's kitchen. I will call it Anna's kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually a very beautiful story. I could never dream of it before that, but um, I will share it with you. Um, of course, I was working at the, at the little office in Amsterdam and uh, I started my education in the weekends about uh, a healthy lifestyle and hormones. But my boss gave me so much work to do. When I left later on, he needed two people to do all the work that I did for him. Uh, but I cared so much about our clients. I wanted everybody who emailed us to feel better. But it was like thousand emails each week. And it went on and on. And I went a lot of overtime hours. And in the evening, I was still working on writing new recipes for myself and um, for an ebook, and setting up cooking classes for my own business. So I was really starting to reach my, own, my, my second burnout, which I really didn't want to reach. So after three years, I quit the job in Amsterdam uh, in faith because I really needed money to, to live my life. And... Um, It actually was the same week that my relationship of seven years ended. Uh, we had to cancel our wedding day. Uh, my wedding dress was already in the house, picked up. And uh, it was also the week I had to move out of my home because I was going to get married and move in. So there I sat on a rainy day, on a Sunday, on my little Ikea couch, in between all the stacked piles of boxes, Uh, with actually no future to look forward to. 
and I was just totally dependent on God's plans for me. I remember that I shed a lot of tears that day, maybe more than the rain outside. <laughs> uh, but suddenly the phone rang. I was not, um, yeah, I was not in the mood of picking it up, but I did. And it was a very happy, enthusiastic woman. And I was like, first I was like, oh no, who is she? I don't know that <laughs> voice. <laughs> but it was a woman from Rotterdam. And uh, she congratulated me with the Sunday. And I was really confused. So I asked her to explain herself. And she told me she picked my name out of a big pile of names to win a prize. And I totally forgot I signed up for an online newsletter that week about enjoying the little things and reaching your goals. Um, so I wasn't aware of running for a prize. So it was a really big surprise she called me. And she asked me if I would be interested in starting my own company and if I wanted some help with that. And if this was the case, uh, her gift would be to borrow her 10 best friends who were all entrepreneurs and they all worked on a different area. So one worked in uh, building websites, giving financial advice, helping with your clothing style, culture, your mindset. So a lot of different things. Amazing. I yeah. also want to win this prize. <laughs> wow. Well, I can help you with things if you want, but I was just speechless that she uh, picked me. She was very doubting that afternoon to, between me and another girl, but she just knew she had to call me. So that was just the golden Sunday. It became a golden Sunday. And it was just spot on. The timing of God is always perfect. If you're not at least expect a change, um, it can come. So there was not one hair on my head that doubted. Uh, in one second, I knew this is the sign for starting a new chapter in my life. So I said yes. Uh, so the next morning, Monday morning, I sat on the first bus to uh, register my company. I was thinking about the name of it on my way to there, and I really didn't know what to do, but I just went there. and. Uh, so you really took action the next yeah. day? <laughs> yeah, I was, I was so enthusiastic that I really need to take it with four hands. Good, uh, good. Yeah. So um, I also got a new place to live by a miracle, and I only needed to pay a little amount of rent. Because after a few months, they were going to tear down the place uh, to build new apartments. But there was a big delay for two years. I lived there without paying a lot. So I really could raise some money for uh, building my company. And it was a dream house with a veggie garden, a big kitchen and a fireplace. And I couldn't have been more blessed than that. So, um, yeah, I, I love that time of my life. So I also started with her with uh, coaching sessions and um, we worked on all the things to get my business started. I started to write my second and third cookbook and uh, I started a new course for doing blood tests and coaching people to improve the results of that. And I drove around the whole Netherlands with my little car to give presentations in um, other companies about caring for your body and eating well and giving uh, cooking classes and do some catering. So it was a variety of things, but I loved them all. And um, so step by step, I am, my, my 
mindset changed into business thinking. And uh, well, it took me six years to really get that <laughs> because uh, before I was really shy and just working with the kids. And now I had to be around all those grown adults with all their businesses. So um, I needed to find my place in that uh, again. On the outside, it looked like I was just doing this, but on the inside, I was not aligned and I did not still believe that I was doing that, that I was the woman going for it. But then I started trying living as, as efficient as possible. Uh, my agenda was completely full. My stress levels were incredibly high. My nights were short and I was thinking I was doing all the right things and trying to beat myself even more by putting more things on my plate because doing all those things really gave me the feeling of living and being good enough while on the inside I was almost dying of insecureness and struggling of being worthy enough to do all these things. Um, yeah, my work and my being as busy as possible became my identity. I victimized myself in it and I suffered from all the choices I made. And um, yeah, when I created this problem, I created my own pain and inner conflict again. And on the inside, I feel depressed. And on the outside, I was actually always smiling. But I forgot who I really was on the inside. And uh, so that was another painful period. It was only that when I fell down the stairs and broke my foot and landed on a couch that I realized that the only thing that mattered to me at that moment was sitting at the feet of Jesus and getting myself refilled every day with his power, his wisdom, and his creative ideas to be able to help other people. I needed a new identity based on truth, and I needed to let go of the old one that I thought was good for me. So I had to bring all the things into the light and stop identifying and energizing my pain. And um, it was only at that moment that I received a very deep peace, like the peace that the Bible describes as a peace that transcends all understanding. And I felt it in me and it has never left me since. And it's the best feeling and realization I've ever had in my whole life. And I never want to lose it again. I'm good enough, I'm loved, no matter what. That was what I felt and knew from that day on. Yes. Sometimes we have to stop. Yeah, and if we don't stop, something will happen that stops us. I needed to learn a new lesson. <laughs> yeah. But I find it amazing how you uh, contextualize things, how you, because even... When I asked you this question about your business, you could just say, oh, yeah, I founded my business. I did it six years ago. I did this and this and this. But you're really sharing with us everything else that comes with it, you know. Sometimes we read a book and we think, what an amazing book. But we don't know the sweat the person felt when she wrote the book, right? We don't know the pain she had finding a publisher. We don't know maybe how long it took her to find a title or even to put together the chapters. But you right now, and this is really beautiful, you are not just talking about your business as a business, you're really sharing with us what went into it. How did it happen? What did you learn from it? You share with us that you were going forward and then moving backward again, if you want to use the word back mm -hmm. backwards, 
maybe it's not the right word to use, but I, I really like I you. how yeah. you are taking us um, on, on that journey without just sitting here like a businesswoman talking about <laughs> Anna, Anna's kitchen. So yeah. thank you for that. Oh, you're and, welcome. Uh, well, yes. I don't want to let it look like an Instagram page because yeah. behind that, the Instagram stories, there are so many real life stories. And it's only when we are real that we can inspire other people uh, by preventing them to make the same mistakes or learning from each other. And um, or even also, just, just mm-hmm. allowing them to make mistakes that it's normal. It's part of it. Yeah, I also lost some friends because of this, because of what I'm doing, because they only see the outside and they're jealous. And uh, But they never asked me all about all the struggles I went to to get there. And um, so I just really made it my life vision to be real and inspire people. And um, that we don't, we, we are not only the outside. Yes, And that's how I met you, actually. Yeah. <laughs> From the first moment we met each other, you already shared so much about you without um, coming across as fake or, or trying to show yourself or anything like that. For me, it was really down to earth, um, super straightforward. And, and I really appreciated that. And I mm. actually really admired it because as I just shared with you, I've had an eating disorder forever. And it's not something that I openly shared. And it's no, not something that a lot that. of people know. So. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I really respect you for, for this and for telling us about all of that. Yeah, and maybe it's also because there's no shame on it anymore yeah. or no fear. Like in the middle of it, I was so ashamed, but now I can be happy because of all the lessons I've learned and that I can apply now in, the, in daily life to make other lives of people better. Yes. But I think it's it's a part of you because since I know you, I've also seen moments where you were down and you would share with us mm-hmm. um, how you felt in that moment and why you felt like this in that moment. But we yeah. will hear more about it yeah. with the next questions. So um, you've already mentioned that you've written a few books. So mm-hmm. tell us a little bit more about the books. Well, I've written three books from now and I'm really working hard on the fourth. And it's always a process of ups and downs, times of flow and roadblocks. I just had a roadblock on my way, but I, I think I passed it. Um, yeah, my cookbooks are always focused on creating and keeping a healthy and strong immune system. And especially now in the times of COVID, it's more than ever important to work on it. Since 70% of your immune system is located in your gut, It's even more important about what you put in your mouth. What do you eat? What do you drink? What do you consume? And um, I want to inspire people by putting all those beautiful colors and putting all those fresh foods on your plate in a new way with new ideas and a lot of new information about the immune system. And I really can't wait to have this new book in my hands. uh, I hope after the summer. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I made, I think 190 recipes, most 190. of them, yeah, most of them three, some 10 times to make it even better and better and better. And, uh, I, I want to put a hundred recipes in the book. So I have to shift the good and the bad ones and, uh, 
yeah it's oh, or keep process. keep the other 90 for the next book yes of course <laughs> yeah but it's a, a process of uh i mean we will uh, we will know about it yes of we'll course. hear about it and anna you have really this this huge desire for life mm-hmm. and um people who know you they feel it like when i was looking at your instagram page i could really feel this yeah this is this desire that you have for life and you're mm. doing so many different things and yeah it, it's there and you also include the people or your audience into this journey by publishing your bucket list I, something i've never seen before because it's not just a bucket list okay i want to go to bali i want to do this no it's like first of all it's huge it's something that <laughs> yeah. i think you will share with us that you've been doing for many many years you also comment there like this didn't work out because of covid let's say or this i did twice um you have mood boards i know because i have seen them and you add updates and comments so i find it really inspiring and it really i really enjoyed it when i was on your website reading all these different things so tell us about this part of you please well, which I'm maybe very... you should also write a book about huh? i'm just giving you an idea okay yeah that would be nice I think I got this zest for life for my family. Uh, my parents traveled a lot when they were young. But I know my parents as uh, centipedes. I don't know if that's also uh, um, in, in Dutch. It's uh, a thousand boat. I don't know. It's um, like the, the animal with lots of hands and feet. Yeah. Um, well, every day in my childhood was different. Uh, my parents help people repair their houses, paint, do the gardens. Uh, my mom gave piano and guitar lessons. Uh, she baked pancakes for all the kids in the neighborhood, organized creative afternoons. Um, they were running a veggie garden, helping in church, feed the elderly, making soup for friends, uh, taking us to the beach woods, camping. They ran a connect group, kids cups. Uh, my dad sang in a church band in the youth group. <laughs> so funny, the old man standing in between all the young people and so many more things. So uh, they were not like a hundred percent capable or how do how can you say it? How, they didn't have all the tools to do all the things but they just did it and on the way they learned new things and um, grew in it so they really <laughs> were an example for me of just go for it try and if you fail and don't like it just take something else to put your view uh, on and go for it so um, uh, but the most beautiful thing is that my mom even when they were busy she was always home when we got home from school to talk with us how it was our day and have some tea with us. So the personal thing was also very important in our family. And I think they got their example from my grandparents. Um, they are in their 80s and 19s now, but uh, they're still short of time. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, they're always saying, oh, those days are going so fast. <laughs> We need more time. So, um Yeah, that's beautiful. And um, as soon as we could write when we were kids, my mom started these holidays books. And uh, in those books, we collected all the things we did during our holidays, um, like ice cream wraps, uh, notes, tickets, dried flowers we found, 
pictures, lists of birds we saw in the park, notes of license plates of cool cars we saw on the road, the setup of our homemade church we did on the campsite, uh, like all the crazy things we could find and collect. And um, every night, uh, one of us wrote something about that day with the date above it. And uh, it's so nice to read them, read through them once in a while. And all those memories from when we were young come alive. And uh, yeah, my mom still makes those yearbooks, even when we're out of home and having our own families. But it's uh, so beautiful to collect memories. And, Very uh, special. Yeah. And my, I think my mom started writing diaries when she was very young. And so I, I also started that. I wrote about all the things I wanted to do and see and dream, dreamt about. I first trans translated them, I think, when I was 14 into a word web, stuck it above my bed. And I watched, I looked at it every night before I went to sleep and I prayed for the things that were on it. Little things, big things, all the things I could think about at that moment. And after a year, I saw that 80% of all the things I wrote down and prayed about uh, came into being. So uh, that made me even more eager to think about new things. And um, then in a movie, I saw a lady, she had a pile of magazines and she got out all the um, pictures and Uh, words that resonated with what she wanted for her life and she put it on a very nice uh, board so I also bought one and I did the same I've visualized all my dreams uh, and every time a dream or desire comes through I replace it with a new one and I put the old ones in the scrapbook and I also include some articles with lessons that I want to learn so for now it's a, a big book already And for the readers of my blog, I, uh, I put it on my uh, website as well. One for the things that I still want to do or want to see or want to learn. And one for the things that came through. And it's a very, very, very long list. And it's not like all the dreams just appear to come true. I just really started to recognize all the opportunities on my way and take, uh, taking little steps toward them. And uh, when I have a big dream, I always divide it into little steps that I can already take. Yeah, we all started working at a young age as well. My parents told us that if you want something, you can work for it. So uh, from, I think, when I was 12 years old, I went to those flower companies and uh, started working for my uh, first CD player, etc. So it's not always about just things how it's realistic kind of yeah especially now in this time of covid those things that i want to that i have on my list are only things of learning lessons or how can i give more etc and i really believe that god puts those desires in our hearts desires that are loving desires that are there for serving other people to lighten up people's hearts And also to lighten up your own heart and to be thankful for the life we are having. Yeah, I'm so thankful for all, for all those things that I already uh, experienced in my short life. <laughs> yeah. Who has been your salt? Who inspired you? As you know, my podcast is called Salt the Podcast. I yeah. <laughs> ask this question every time I talk with someone. So who has been your salt? 
Mm. For me, that's a long list. It's also on my website. <laughs> or I didn't see that. <laughs> yeah, because I want to inspire people with that as well. A lot of books and movies and people. First of all, of course, my parents and my grandparents. Incredibly examples. When I was 18, I didn't know what to do for education. So uh, somebody uh, told me in summer, I went to a school in Australia and I think you have to go as well. Uh, it's a Bible school music, art, and dance from um, Youth with a Mission. So I thought, why not? <laughs> so I went to the, how do you say it? The holiday shop for a flight ticket. But they told me, well, it's already two months to the other side of the, of the world. And there are already 11 people on the waiting list to, to have a seat on the plane. Really? So I'm sorry. Yeah, it was a long time ago, 17 years ago. <laughs> so I went home disappointed because I thought I had to go there. And again, the telephone <laughs> on my bike home, this lady from the office, she called me. She said, I really don't know what just happened, but the 11 people disappeared from the waiting list. <laughs> so you can come back and you have a ticket. So uh, then my first adventure started to the other side of the world. And there I did this uh, Bible school. And it really opened up um, my worldview about other people, other cultures, language, belief systems. Yeah, that was, I think, the first big change in my mind about um, yeah, how you can live your life and what's uh, all possible. And uh, a few years after that, I went to England to a four-day conference of Tony Robbins. And that changed a lot in my self-sabotage. In some situations, I acted like I was a victim with no choices. So I created my own drama. But I had to realize that I always have a choice. And, I start, and it was really then that I started seeing patterns that I, had, I needed breakthroughs in. And on those four days that... Um, that really helped me to see those things and change them. And um, one thing that I also love is uh, reading the devotional of Sarah Young, uh, Jesus Calling. It's a little book, but it reminds me every day of the importance of quiet time before you start doing all the things you need to do. Yeah, and uh, I read a lot of books. I try to read one book a month uh, to learn new things. And a few of the books are uh, The Power of Now and uh, The Furious Longing of God. One Thousand Gifts is also a very beautiful uh, one. You Are a Badass. <laughs> it sounds funny, but it's such a nice book with so many funny examples to just go for things. Uh, the Work, Power of Simple Prayer, The Happiness Project. That's also a beautiful book about a lady who takes one year to change 12 subjects in her life. And then she writes um, about all her struggles and things she finds on her way and things that she loves and dislikes. And um, yeah, it's, it's really nice to... Uh, uh, Andrew Womack has also a lot of nice um, teachings. The Blessed Life and a few beautiful movies I saw are one I can not forget indescribable do you know it no about the the heavens it's beautiful and uh, the shack first i read the book and it was also funny because when i got home from 
uh, a trip. I was sitting next to a very old lady in the airplane and we had a delay and we both um, went down and to grab our bags and we took out the same book. No. <laughs> so we had a beautiful the conversation Both of you. during the whole delay. It was amazing. It was not a coincidence. And Anna, to whom do you want to pass the salt? Um, I think to a lot of women. Um, when I was young, there was this lady who prophesied about me. She said, you're going to be a mother of many. And I always thought that I would have a lot of kids. <laughs> well, here I am. I'm 35 years old and um, not having any. But it doesn't feel like that. I It feels like I, there are so many people and women I can inspire and little children I care for. And, people and also, I, I mean, this whole thing of motherhood, you know, it, we can look at it very static. Like mm. it means I'm a mother if I bear children. I totally disagree with that. Um, we are also, I had a, in my last episode, we talked about being the best mother to yourself. You're also a mother to yourself. Mm. And um, you can be a mother to, let's say, your students. And you are maybe in some way. And there's also this book by Maya Angelou, Letter to My Daughter, which uh, is one of my favorite mm. books. And she also, she had a son, but she says in the book, I had a, lo I had a lot of daughters and the, the daughters were, Muslim and Christians and Jew and gay and straight. And I think she says fat and, and mm. she uses different adjectives. And um, yeah, it's, it's very beautiful. Yeah, it feels to me like there are so many uh, opportunities to serve women. And um, like all the women in my family suffered from a burnout. Everyone, no, no one excluded. And um, hey, you can do a lot, but you cannot do everything And the lesson is to set healthy boundaries and stand up for the values you want to fight for. And for me, that was the hardest part. Uh, and I failed many times and I had to bear the consequences again and again. But it was only from the moment that I realized I love you and you are okay, like you mentioned in the first part of the podcast, that I could set my boundaries after that when I, when I knew who I was and where I ended And um, even in the Christian setting, um, I thought you could never say no. That was the example I had mm. in my church. And um, yeah, you have to, you never have to do stop doing good. So that was what, what I do, what I did. But it's not how it works. Um, you need time to be refilled, refueled to be able to serve others and you don't have to apologize for not doing things or feeling bad about putting boundaries out there. It's even better for your relationships um, because people then know who you are, what you need and what fits you and what not. First, it was on my forehead. I'm always available, but you cannot live like that. And um, I really want to say make it your life work to fully accept your beautiful you so that you really know yourself, know what you need and know what you can bring into this world. And that it's totally fine to say no to things that are not aligned with that because we are a hand or a foot in the body of Christ, not all the hands and not all the feet. <laughs> and uh, for myself, I missed out on so much fun um, by taking everything so seriously and worrying about everything 
things that were not even important. So I decided that I didn't want to live like that anymore. And now I'm, I'm trying to thank, be thankful every day, even on the grayest day. There are things um, to be thankful for. And I write down all the things that I'm thankful for before I go to sleep. And um, I think a thankful heart is a key to a lot of things in this world. You cannot be thankful and depressed at the same time because thankfulness is stronger. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. I'm just thinking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm curious about what you're Because thinking. you shared so many things today. Mm. Um, yeah, personal things, practical things, a lot. There were moments where I wanted to interrupt and ask, say that again. Oh. <laughs> but we can't because then mm. our conversation will be two hours. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yes, yes. But thanks a lot. Thanks a lot for everything that you shared and, and said to you're us. Welcome. And is there a question that you want to ask me? Yes, I have. I'm really curious. Maybe it's a, the, the question is too big, but I, I'm just curious about a part of it. What do you want to be remembered about by the people that are dearest to you when you have had your last days on earth? What will be your legacy? Yes, I have on my website the Maya Angelou quote. Mm. <laughs> your legacy is every life you've ever touched. Mm. And um, for me, I would remember. I want people to remember me, that I empowered them, that I challenged them. I like to challenge people, that I inspired them, that I could show them that it's so important to love yourself and believe in yourself and not allow others to humiliate you or downgrade you. And also to show them how important it is to read mm. and constant learning from books, through traveling, from people, from anyone you meet, uh, through studying. And for me, it's also important to activate people to speak up. Speaking up for me is, is very important. I have a very strong sense of justice, which sometimes also goes uh, on the way, especially mm. when you raise kids. Mm -hmm. um, Yeah, to, to become activists, to become uncomfortable, to not allow others to silence you, to be the salt, you know. I, I truly believe that we are not just here to, to sit and have a good time. We are here to, to make a change. And as you know, I'm a huge advocate for, for women, for, for their rights. And when I say women, I mean all women. Mm. And I'm, I'm not talking about charity here, but it's really about stepping up for people for their rights and, and making a change. Mm. So um, I think that's what I want to be remembered of. Of course, it's a, it's a broad question, but it's really I want to make an impact in people's life. And yeah, well, you are me. because when I think about you, I see a woman fully pregnant doing giving a course and giving her all and the best she can give at that moment and still shining and going for it, even when you're tired or Having other things on your mind, you were there and um, that was beautiful to see and I will still remember it. Oh, thank you. Maybe just for the listeners that uh, we do, um, we give workshops to women in shelters, churches, homes, different places uh, in the Netherlands. And Anne was one of the attendees and now she's part of our team. Um, yeah, but for me, it's really because I there are things I've been through. I... I will not, si I'm not going to stay silent, you know, mm. I will fight for it. And I will, and I want to give women the tools, you know, it's not just about charity. I'm, charity is good some way, but 
it will not solve anything you know it's about educating empowering inspiring really being there and um so it's really from my heart even if i'm <laughs> almost there delivering my child but uh, yeah it's just from my heart what i do so yes thank you anna we are at the end of our conversation and uh, i always honor a woman at the end of my podcast and today i want to honor brainy brown And uh, before I say a few words about her, because we talked a lot about boundaries today and she has said a lot about boundaries. And one of the things that she said is that actually the most compassionate people that she met in her life were the ones that had the most boundaries. So having boundaries yeah. is not a bad thing. It's a really good thing. Brenna Brown is a research professor at the University of Houston, where she holds the Huffington Foundation Brenna Brown Endowed Chair at the Graduate College of Social Work. She is also a visiting professor in management at the University of Texas at Austin McComb School of Business. She has spent the past two decades studying courage, vulnerability, shame, and empathy. And she's the author of several number one New York Times bestseller books, such as Dare to Lead. Her TED Talk, this is how I got to know her, The Power of Vulnerability, is one of the top five most viewed TED Talks in the world with over 50 million views. And it really changed my idea of what it means to be vulnerable. And uh, I want to finish with the following quote of her, which says, Owning our story and loving ourselves through that process is the bravest thing that we will ever do. And this is how I want to close today's conversation. And I want to thank you, Anna, for speaking to us today, for sharing so many things with us, also very, very personal things for the great work you do. And I will upload, of course, your information on my website, my Instagram page. And I want to thank everybody for listening. If you enjoyed the talk and want to hear more, follow me on Instagram. Feel free to visit my website, www.solvethepodcast.com for more conversations. And if you want to speak on my show or share anything with me, just message me. I always love to hear from you. Something that is love is never lost. I'm Stella Sagliari and this is Salt the Podcast. Salt the Podcast. Salt the Podcast.